You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. I want to talk about um, a message that was inspired by a, a man by the name of Paul Dion from New Zealand at, at Hillsong Conference, and he preached a message on bonsai Christianity. Uh, are you a bonsai Christian? Everyone, everyone wants to grow, don't we? Yeah. Everyone wants to uh, have an Im- impact. Everyone wants to increase in their life. Everyone wants to, uh, that we all want to enlarge. We, want, we all want to be successful. We all want to make a difference for God. I hope you do. You're not here for no reason, but you, you want your life to count. You, you want to be impactful. You want to be fruitful. I mean, God created every one of us to be fruitful. He didn't put us in this planet to make... To, 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 to sort of breathe air, eat some food, go to sleep, get up, go to work, get up, go to sleep, breathe air, eat some food, go to work, go back to sleep, and your life means nothing. God created you and I to be fruitful, to be effective, to make a difference, to help humanity, to not live for yourself, to live for others. You were created for that. You will not be happy. You, will not be, you, don't, you won't feel significant until you're actually living beyond yourself. God created us for that. But the only way to have height in God is to actually have depth in God. You, to, to the degree that you have depth will determine your height in God. We want to make an impact. We want to be effective. But you and I won't be effective unless we go deeper in our relationships, deeper in our roots. The answer to increase is inside me. Everybody say that. The answer to increase is inside me. It's not something outside that's going to happen to you. I'm waiting for the right thing to happen, the right circumstance. Something's going to happen to me that's going to make everything right, and then I'm going to bang. No, the answer is inside you. It's your heart. It's the, how, you, how you're planted. Let me read you a scripture in Psalms 92. Psalms 92 says this in verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, cedars are very large trees, powerful, wide, and very, very large in, as they grow. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So you've got to be planted to flourish. And where are you planted? You're planted in the house of the Lord. This is God's design. This is God's plan. If you're not planted, you're not going to flourish. It's as simple as that. But he who is planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Do you know being planted, the seed, seed is very, very important. Having the right seed. We have to have the seed of God's word. But the seed is so important, but it has to be in the right environment for it to grow. If it's not in the right environment, you have the best seed in the world, pure and everything. But it won't produce after itself because it has to have the right environment. Everything is about being planted in the right environment. So God says, he that is planted in the house of the Lord, that's God's design, will flourish. Yeah. You know, everything's, everything's planted. You know, everything living, everything organic had to be planted. Even you were planted because you're organic. You're a living being. You had to be planted and you won the race. There's millions and millions of little sperms running. And you won. You were planted in the right environment. You got there first. Believe it or not, you're a winner. You're born a winner. Because you, but you had to be planted in the right environment of the womb of your mother. Everything's planted. A tree's planted. Flowers are planted. Fruit trees are planted. They have to have the right environment or they won't grow and produce fruit. 
Please hear, hear the heart of what God is saying. We need to be planted. Then look at this verse 14. I've got a scripture for my son, Ezekiel. He's not here right now. He'll be at 11 o'clock. They shall still bring fruit from a, in, in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. I've got a scripture basis for being fat. Well, my son thinks I'm fat anyway. They shall still bring fruit in old age. In other words, what, what made you fruitful when you were young, you don't lose it. We can still stay cutting edge. We can still be fresh, even while we get older. We can still talk to our kids and say, what's cool these days? What should I do? What should I dress? They have to tell me what I have to dress because I think I'm cool until I talk to them. Then you're not cool, Dad. So we've got, we got connections. See, unless I'm in relationship with my children, I won't... I'll lose my freshness. I'll lose my um, cutting edge. I'll live in my little bubble thinking I'm cool, but everyone thinks you're not cool there. But even in, in, even in old age, I want to be fruitful. I'm not old, okay? Just in case. We're talking about absolute truth, and there is absolute truth, and then the, the world's got relative truth. But the only, only it comes to old age, it's relative. It's my little joke. All right. Because age is relative, so... But um, that's my dad joke. They shall still bring fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. When you look up the word fat, it actually means rich. Yeah. To, to, figuratively, to be rich. To, to have so much abundance. It even speaks of the anointing. It speaks of being anointed, but to be rich. To be, to be fat. What an interesting word. And, and flourishing means to be fresh. Green trees. You know, God says a lot about trees in the Bible. A real lot. The Bible says that you will be, if you meditate in the word day and night and you, and you spend time in God's word, you'll be like a tree planted by the river of waters. Rivers, not river, sorry, rivers of water. So think about you're a tree next to a river. There's a symbolic picture of you being a tree next to the rivers of water. A river of water is a never ending supply of nourishment and everything that tree needs. God's saying, when you, when you put yourself planted in the house of God, and you put yourself planted in my word and in my relationship with me and in the house of God, because that's the environment he puts us in, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and you'll flourish. Everything you ever need through the river of God's life will be coming to you. Everything. A never-ending supply. That tree will never suffer need. Because its roots go deep into the river source. It could be boiling hot. It could not rain for months. It could be sun scorched. The land could be dry. But the, river, the, the tree's got its roots in the river. That's the picture. No matter how hard it gets, persecution, hardships, tribulation, all the attacks, you've got your roots in the river. How deep are your roots? Are they in the river? Are they deep planted in the house of God? I want, I, want to be, I, want to, I want to count right to the end of my life. People say you don't have to be going to church to be a Christian. You know, the largest church in Australia is the Roman church. The roaming church. Roaming from church to church. They get hurt, they get up, they get somewhere else. Disappointed, they get up, they're roaming everywhere. Not the Roman church, but the roaming church. This is a bonsai tree. And this tree, you don't want to be a bonsai Christian. If I can have that piece of, of that thing here. Think about this tree. The same seed that produced this tree, the same seed can produce a massive 20, 30, 40, 50 foot tree. Same seed. But it's root bound 
and it's pot bound. You don't want to be, God did not design you to be bound by a pot and the roots end up going into a circle. And apparently this tree needs a lot of attention. It needs water all the time. The lady told me um, that when it's really, really hot, you have, to, you have to water it, a little bit of water, but you have to water it four times a day when the sun's directly on it. Four times a day. Morning, normal cold sort of morning and night, morning and night consistently. It needs a lot of attention. It needs a, not, a lot of care. You've got to keep the insects off. They've got enemies, ugly insects, ants. And so every day, just treat me right. Everything's going to be up to me. Do it good for me. The church is going to be for me. The music's not right. It's too loud. It's, not, it's too hot. Too much air conditioning. Too cold. I can't find it. The, the word isn't good enough. I don't, the word is not feeding me. Well, then put the roots down and find the river for yourself. Put your roots down. If you, if you, you know, like, why, why do you come to church? This is the question. Is the church here for you or are you here for the church? Because for a bonsai, the church is here for the bonsai tree. Feed me just right. Give me what I need. The music has to be right. Too long, too much worship. Too little worship. Oh, we don't worship enough. No miracles. Where are the signs and wonders? I want to see more miracles. Well, then, are you the church? If the church was a reflection of you, just you, think wow. of you, what type of church would it be? Wow. A friendly church? A dry church? A, a generous church? Would you, you know, like if it just reflected your spirit. The whole church reflected your spirit. What would the church be? Because you are the church. So yeah, the, the church doesn't exist for you. Church exists for unsafe people and broken people. Put them in a bed. Get the doctors and nurses. will feed them and take care of them. Nurture them. Medi- put medi- medication. Help them to get them healed. If they are broken, the church is there for broken people, 100%. We'll put them in the hospital bed. We'll make sure they get healed. We'll make sure everyone that comes to minister to them and help them. If they're unsafe, we'll help them. But eventually, one day, God said, get out of the bed. Get up. Now that you're healed, go help. Go serve. Go, go be a Christian that you actually, don't, the church doesn't exist for me. You exist for the church. You're here to minister life. You now give for others' sake. To me, this tree, no matter how beautiful, it's pretty. It's actually quite cute, isn't it? Do you want to be a cute Christian? <laughs> you know, it's cute. I, I, like, I like it. It's quite cute to look at. It's beautiful. It, it, it actually takes a lot of attention for maintenance to keep it looking pretty. I mean, Wendy said you have to uproot it and, and trim the roots and, and trim the outside. And, and apparently only the Japanese, the beautiful people, but they, they designed this because they're so meticulous. They're really good at a lot of things. Very organized, very amazing. I heard the nation of uh, Japan, the city is beautiful, magnificent. It runs perfect. That's why they come up with this amazing design. But it's never going to be fruitful. I can't imagine. If this was a fruit tree, it would not have enough root system to produce any fruit. It won't. It might try, maybe it'll bud a little bit. I don't know. But I can't imagine the root system that's in this little pot could produce real fruit that's any good for anyone else. You're created to be a fruit tree to produce for others. So, so important. Let's not, let's not live our Christian life just for ourselves. A convenient lifestyle. We're living in a convenient nation, a beautiful nation. It's, the, the West has comfort for everything. And so we almost bring it into the church. Well, 
If it's not exactly the way I want it, I'm just get up. And the problem with us is when little things hurt, hurt us, little things misunderstand. No one said hello to me. I don't feel the love anymore. I don't feel the community anymore. I used to be so family when we were smaller, and when the church was smaller, I loved it. But now we've lost something. So then you get up, uproot yourself to find another church. Do you know what happens to a tree when you get uprooted? Uh, my, you know, my brother was building a, a home at the front yard when we were very, very young when he first got married. And um, there's a beautiful fig tree right in front of our veranda. And I said to my mum, mum was, was a gardener. She's she not just a gardener, she was a farmer back in Sicily. I said, mum, how do we save this fig tree? It's so sweet, so magnificent. The figs are beautiful and fruitful and it's quite, quite large. And I thought to myself, if we dug a big hole, got about three or four men and picked it up and took it to the backyard and replanted it, transplanted the plant, and my mum laughed. And she goes, no, you can't do that. You, you, it'll shock the tree. And pr- apparently... It can be done very carefully, but you lose 90, 80 to 90% of the tree's root system when you plant it. And it takes, if it's the right environment, the right soil and done correctly, it'll take three years before that tree reproduces the fruit that it used to produce. Three whole years for its roots to go back down into the ground and get the right nourishment for it to produce the fruit it was already producing before once you transplant it. But my mom said, break the branch. And plant this particular tree, you could do this. You can break the branch and replant it, lying it down. And the roots will sprout and it'll slowly lift up and so on. But you replant yourself every three years. Churches, you know, if you move churches, every, every little hurt, little misunderstanding, just, it's not the way I like it. The enemy doesn't care what he uses to get you uprooted. He'll just use anything. It can sound legitimate, it can even look legitimate. There are times where God can lead you on. I understand that. But you've got to make sure it's God. When it's God's will, it'll be fruitful. And not, be, oh, there's a job on the other side of the city or there's a job in another you know, state and there's, and, or a country town and there's no church there. I mean, I would, I would say, make sure you ask God first. Don't just get up for a job because it's going to be a better pay. You know what I'm saying? You've got to make sure it's God's will. You know... A bonsai, a bonsai tree is, looks beautiful to look at. It's cute, but it doesn't produce fruit. There's two types of um, agriculture, style of, 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 of farming and you know, doing agriculture. One is a monoculture, which speaks of one, one plants, uh, the same species of plants. And the other one is a polyculture. You use all different types of plants. For example, they, they did an experiment in China. They used all different types of rice plants and put them all together. And they found out they had an 89% increase of harvest because they had 94% less disease. When you put plants that are different together, is designed by God, it keeps the, the weeds grow up and the weeds attract the, the insects. And for some reason, in God's design, in God's economy, ecosystem, it's better for the plants and less disease, and they produce better when you put them together. But we're so used to monoculture mono that we put all the one harvest and we just put all wheat in one go, and all the whole field is wheat, and then the, you know, all that sort of stuff. And we've done that for many years, and lately we're realizing you put plants different together, you produce better. It's better for the soil. The soil, for some reason, when other plants, they, the roots grow deeper, they get more nourishment out of the soil. It's just designed in a way because it's competing with other plants that are different. It's designed to operate better. It's God's natural 
creation, the way he put into the, the system. Even the forests, are, you know, I was studying the forests, the trees, I always believed, of course the trees, and I've heard stories where a tree on its own won't stand as strong with a tree with trees all around it. Because the trees all around it in a forest, the trees automatically, the roots will interlock. So when the storm comes and the wind blows, they're, they're steady because they're interlocked with other trees. That makes sense. But when a tree by itself, it doesn't have anything to re-interlock its roots together. But the other thing they found is there's such thing as a root touch or, or the, the roots binding together and be fusing as one under the ground. That's an interesting thing because it's not easy to see what's happening under the ground. You have the cameras and, and to understand this. But lately, we're starting to understand a scientist by the name of Dr. Nalilini Nadkani. She says, this kind of research, research has given her a new way of thinking about trees. When I took forestry way back in my undergraduate days, I was taught that a tree is a single solitary entity. But we know now that's not all the story. You can't just see a tree as a standalone character anymore. To explain that, Natgani points to something called root grafting. It happens when trees' roots rub against each other and physically fuse together. Imagine that. When this occurs, neighboring trees, even different species, share one big circular tree system. The forest is supposed to be seen as one big connected circular tree system. The roots interconnect and they actually give life to each other. Interesting. It's like connecting blood vessels of two different people. One tree gives the other tree a permanent transfusion. Wow. You design, not to, God didn't design any tree or any plant for that matter to be in a pot. We do it for our convenience because we like it. It's pretty, it's cute, it's nice. But it's not going to be impacting and fruitful for the, for the world. It's not going to be fruitful. It's not going to produce fruit for someone to eat from. Trees, which you are, the Bible says you will be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord in, in, in Isaiah 60. Trees of righteousness. God calls you trees of righteousness. And there's a scripture in um, Isaiah 60 verse 30. The glory of Lebanon, Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, and the box tree together to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. He's basically saying three different types of trees that are completely different to each other will be planted together. Because he's saying our differences help each other. We like same. We like falling into mediocre. Just, just, just don't, don't rock the boat. Don't, don't, don't shake things up. Don't challenge me. We like it to be same and everyone's the same and no one stretches me. But you never grow unless someone else stretches you. Unless someone else challenges you. Unless someone makes you feel mediocre because they're doing so much in God. But you need to be stretched. Your capacity needs to grow. We need to be in relationships, in the life of a church, so our roots are going deep and we are accountable to one another. There's a lot I can say about being planted in a church. It's not just attending church. That's definitely not what God intended for us to be planted in a church. So just attending on a Sunday, just, just showing up and sitting down and then leaving and showing up. God wants us to be in relationship. In accountability, in discipleship, we're discipling one another, we're mentoring one another, we're loving one another. We're even correcting one another in love. God created that, to correct one another, to help one another, to encourage, correct, rebuke, encourage one another in the Lord. But in the Lord, out of love. Because we love one another, we're encouraging. God is something about the tree that looks beautiful. This tree, think about it, it has the potential to be a massive tree but not in this 
heart, not when it's root-bound. Some of you feel so frustrated because you feel like this tree. You know there's such, so much more, but you just feel so... I've got nowhere to grow. I hope and I pray it's not our fault. I pray that we don't limit you. We don't put the restrictions on. We're saying, God, let's go to the nations together. Let's go evangelize. Go to street team. Go pray on the streets. Go to do school of supernatural. Go do, we're trying to equip us, train us. Come on, guys. Go. Go beyond. But work together. People that have been hurt by the churches, I know a lot of them. I've been in the ministry for 27, almost 28 years. I've seen a lot of people get hurt for whatever reasons. Or just, the enemy will use anything, like I said. Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. He wants to sow you as a seed into a church and be planted. But the cares of this world come. The deceitfulness of riches. The lust of other things. And, other, and it says, and because of the word's sake, they're offended. The enemy doesn't care why you're offended. He just wants to get you offended. He'll use anything to offend you. As long as you're offended, he go, that's enough. I'm just going to have my little church at home. I'll still have a Christian. And I'll just have other Christians and we'll just get together. And you know, you can still be saved and go to heaven. I'm not doubting your salvation. It's not the issue of can a person not go to church and be saved. I think you can because there's a lot of people that go to church and not saved. True? Just because you go to church doesn't make you saved. So just because you attend church, it doesn't make you a Christian, a follower of Jesus. So you could be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and say, I'm not going to church anywhere. But you know what? You will definitely not rise up to the full potential of God's calling on your life. Impossible. You won't do it. I'm telling you. Try your best, but you won't. Not by yourself. And not be a little, because God didn't design you just a little group by yourself. He wants you connected to Ephesians 4 apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. He says, You're the body of Christ. You're connected to the body. He's the head, but we're the body. We're all parts and we have to minister to one another. You take a thumb or a finger off the body, put it on the, on the shelf, it dies. No matter how much life you throw into it, it's going to die. It needs the body. And we're the family of God. We're children of God. You know what I mean? Like he's our father. We're his sons. We're daughters. We're actually family. So how can we say, I say I've had enough of the church. I, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. It's like saying, I love you, Jesus, but I hate your body. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I love you. I love your face. I love your head. I love you, Jesus. I hate your body, but Don't have to do with your body. It doesn't make sense. If you love Jesus, he loves his body. He loves his bride. And his body is becoming more and more like Jesus. That Every wrinkle and every spot is getting cleansed by the word. God's perfecting his bride. He's coming back for a perfect church. So if he loves his bride, we better love our, his bride and love one another. I think this is so important. I, I, I hope you hear my heart. God doesn't want you limited. God wants you to grow. Studies reveal that crops planted near other varieties are able to fight off microorganisms faster than plants in a monoculture land. With different plants near each other, the immune system for the plants also increase. Interesting. God's design. He's designed you to be in a forest, a tree that has no limits in growth. Just, just, just the roots go down and just keep growing and growing and the tree just gets larger and taller and the branches and the, as Jesus says, that the birds come and can shelter in, the, in that tree. You become a benefit for others around you. When it's hot, people come under the shade. When they need food, they eat the fruit off your tree. You're a giver. You're not a taker. You're, you're generous. You're, you're, you exist for others. That's the type of Christian that God wants. He wants us to live for others. 
Are you touching roots of other Christians? Are you really planted? Don't be a bonsai. If this bonsai tree could talk, it would say, please, please get me out of the pot. Because <laughs> I've got potential. Man, I could, I, you should see me with not, when I'm not limited. When I'm not restricted by this plot. My roots would start going down and go to the river. And I would grow. My tree, this tree, everything in it would just expand and grow. It's a magnificent design that God created. The nourishment from the soil is so important that this tree has to be in the right environment for it to grow its full potential. You too are so powerful in God. The seed inside of you has so much potential to become like Jesus and do the works of Jesus, but you need the right environment. You need to be planted in a house of God and, and, and your roots down into the river. Tonight, I'm going to talk deeper on, on how, what does it mean to be actually living planted? What does it mean to live planted? So we can talk, I'm, I'm encouraging you to do it, but you need to know how. How do you do it? I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to do because we, it, it, it actually, it hurts to do God's way because you're, 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 you're accountable. You, you're, you're inviting people's input. You want to grow. You, there's also pruning for a tree to be fruitful has to be pruned. It's painful to be pruned. I think tr- trees to some degree, and I've got a, a lime tree and a li- lemon tree, and I'm not a farmer, and I, I know I need to prune because it's just growing wild. And, and I, I've got this year, that's it, I'm just going to prune it. And I'm going to prune it from the top because I can't get to the top anyway and get to the, the, the lime. It's a beautiful fruit, but I can't get to it really high up. And it just ends up falling to the ground. If I don't get it, it just rottens on the, rots on the, on the ground. But I need to cut it down. And you know what? It's going to be better for that tree. It's going, to, it's going to produce more. I know it will. Because at one point, trees need to be pruned. But apparently when you prune a branch, it cries. The sap, the sap just bleeds, that white stuff, and protects it from disease. It's an amazing God. We get pruned. Yes, it hurts. It's painful. It has a little cry and, and, that, and that white thing, sap, whatever it's called, protects it from outside disease so it doesn't come in. God's magnificent in His design. Absolutely magnificent. Let's make sure that we're not going to be a bonsai Christian. That we don't live for ourselves. The church isn't here for me. Think about it. I'm here for the church. I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to love. I'm here to care. I'm here to give. I'm here to be generous. I'm here to use my gifts, my God-given gifts and calling to serve others. Amen. That's, to me, getting out of this and becoming a massive tree. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.